0: All right, we are in Romans 8 once again. As we continue through this letter. Um, Gone through about half of it. And we need to remember that Paul's writing to the church in Rome, which he hasn't visited. He continues to um, want to teach them and give them... The foundation that he would like them to to know and understand, and um, so we're reading through this and we're learning what Paul has to teach to this church that he he longs to visit. So, into chapter eight was really the good part that we are enjoying. We're loving uh, the beginning of chapter eight. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, which is great great news. And now Paul's um, going through and explaining what the Spirit does uh, and what our life was before when we lived in the flesh and now as we're living in the Spirit. And um, last week, let's see where we're at. Mark was talking about how that we as believers are now in the same realm that Creation was just groaning and, and waiting and longing uh, for our um, union with our, our spirit and our bodies in heaven together. Um, that we're groaning with ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Uh, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is no hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. So now we're going on. We'll be doing the next two verses today and discussing those. And then next week, we shall go over verse 28, which is really exciting. That's a good one. And Mark plans on doing that. He's out today, so he'll be back tomorrow, or next week for that. Is so. there more copies? Yes. You get the last one, though. So if anyone else comes in, you got to go make copies, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so let's open with a word of prayer and then we can dive into this together Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to allow us to read your word and study it and learn it together um, I pray this morning that our hearts will be open to um, share and see what your truth has to say and I pray for our church body as a whole that we can continue to grow as one and love each other and love you, Lord, in all that we do and all that we say and all that we think. And I pray that my words can um, just help clarify and um, speak through what you have to say to us, what Paul had to say to the church in Rome, and that we can lo- learn and, and grow together, Lord. Uh, again, thank you for this opportunity. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Alright, so verses 26 and 27 read, In the same way the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows that the mind of, of the Spirit knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Okay, title of uh, today's lesson, God's sovereign security for you through prayer you didn't know you needed. As we see in uh, these two verses that um, Paul's explaining to look back in the same way he says, um, just as creation groans in the previous verses that we went through the last couple of weeks, um, creation is everything that God put together Himself. Um, and in those verses ahead, uh, right before this one, He's talking through everything but man. Right? He's talking about the world and the earth and plants and trees and animals, everything that's non-rational. Um, it's it's all under the curse that happened after the fall. And everyone's and everything is longing and waiting for God to um, fix it, right? For God to make it better so that it's of his original creation and, and how he originally wanted us to live in harmony with him and perfection forever. Um, so we're, we're looking back and we're seeing that in the same way, Paul is referring to that partially. Uh, he's talking for about the longing for the day of restoration and God's eternal reign of righteousness, um, that things that are falling apart now and the sin that is in the world and our bodies that we live in that continue to drive us to do sinful things, um, whether or not um, we're walking in the Spirit, if we're walking with God, or if we're... Walking contrary to God's will, um, these, these bodies are what lead us to that corrupt state, right? They, they are just imperfect um, since Adam, since the fall. Um, so we're in hope of things that we cannot see. So Paul's also referring to the, just the previous verse before this in the same way where he says, he's just looking back as well, back to those previous two verses. For in hope we have been saved... But hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he has already seen. But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. And then Paul jumps in right here. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. So this weakness that he's talking about in this part of the passage, um, we can see just from the previous passages that he's referring to a lot of the Weakness that we have in our body, the, um, the, the physical health, right? We have talked through that. We talked about suffering and what we're gonna face as just humans, whether or not we believe in Jesus, we're gonna save, uh, face suffering. We're gonna go through so many different types of suffering or we're gonna see people who do. Um, and then as believers in Jesus and knowing who he is and following him, we will still suffer uh, in those same ways and may even suffer more through um, what this uh, world may put us through. And we talk through living here in America and especially in, in Utah, there's there's not a whole lot of persecution for us at this moment, but who knows, it, it could come. And we know in other parts of the world it's, it's so much worse than what we have to face. I know Jeremy reminds us a lot that we get to sit in this Nice building that's that's heated or cooled. Mostly, most of the time it's cooled. Right last summer we had a bit of an issue, but we got it fixed. It was pretty quick. We got padded chairs, and it's just it's a really nice place to be able to come together. Um, but that's that's all um, talking about our our human frailty. You know how weak we are, and our bodily weakness is. Uh, just nothing compared to what the suffering is that we uh, could and probably will face as we, as we live. Um, but he's also talking about spiritual weakness as well. Um, we aren't just made perfect in our spiritual strength as soon as we become believers. We um, start as, as babes, right? We start as newborns would into this world. And there's so much that we don't know. No matter what stage of life we're at, uh, we could be four or five or six when we come to know Jesus and believe who He is and what He's done. Or we could be 66 and, and come at that point. And no matter what, we're, we're babes at that point spiritually, right? We're, we're reborn, we're regenerated, we're given a new heart at that point in our lives. And uh, we begin to learn and grow through His Word then but we're, we're weak physically because we can't control a lot of that. And uh, we're weak spiritually because even as strong Christians, even as those who have been in the faith and known the word for for years and maybe decades of your life, um, it, it really doesn't take much to set us back. It doesn't take much to face something that seems unfaceable, that seems um, like something that we, we can't understand why we're having to go through it, or we can't understand how we're going to make it through some of these sufferings that we've, um, that we've experienced or that we're going to experience. Um, also in our, our weakness, we know that nothing that we do in itself is uh, worthy of God, right? That if we're doing something of our own heart and of our own agenda and of our own will, and it's not in accordance to God's word and his will, then um, it's, it's not worthy of, of uh, being communicated to God itself. It's not worthy to be in his presence. It's not worthy to obviously get us into the kingdom of heaven. It's uh, works are, are null and void of their own. And as believers, we definitely can do the works of God and he gives us many, many things to do. And as we do those, we glorify him and, and not ourselves. But in ourselves, it's just utter weakness. We, we don't have any power or authority in ourselves to do any of those works. Um, but all our good that we do is, is possible through the spirit in us. The uh, spirit of Christ that lives in him, Um, He's placed upon us in our hearts and that is what our heart is now following and is regenerated. It's why we're interested in learning uh, of things of the Bible and things of God's will and and why we're um, concerned with wanting to to do what God has set for us to do. He um, has established those things before time itself and he knows what those are and now that our hearts are new and they aren't Um, just concerned with ourself. They are concerned with the things of God, and that's the reason that that they are. Um, And some of the studies that I was doing, part of Carther's commentary, MacArthur, uh, John MacArthur, he said, The Spirit supplies us with all that we need to be faithful, effective, and protected children of God. The Spirit of God works unrelenting in us To do what we could never do alone, bring about the perfect will of God. And I'm going to have us flip real quick over to Philippians 2 and read through verses 12 and 13, just in reference to that. Okay, Philippians two twelve and 13 reads, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And we've discussed this verse before, and some of our Sunday school and some of our uh, sermons as well. Obviously, the workout salvation isn't something we're working for or towards to earn salvation. Um, it's doing the works of God that He's put before us and in our hearts once we are saved. He has an agenda for each and every one of us. And He has a plan um, that He has set for our lives. And it could be something very simple, and it could be something big and grand, but we're unaware of that, and he is very aware of what his plan is for us, and, and we really want and need to trust. But all of that is possible through his spirit that lives in our heart and not of our own selves, right? Our weakness is our self, and um, obviously Paul's weakness was himself. He talked about it just in the last chapter when we look back to uh, chapter 7. And at that point, we're thinking, you know, Paul's on this pedestal and he's sitting up high and he's, he's just, he knows so much more than all of us know. And he, uh, he must be, you know, God's perfect man that's given us this, this information. But um, then he, he puts himself uh, back in, in line and puts himself in place so that we don't look to him as someone to honor or worship, right? He said, I'm I'm just as guilty. I, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I do want to do, and my flesh is always fighting with my spirits and my thought, and I, I know I should be doing these things, and then I go and do that thing. And he's frustrated with himself, and he, he makes that clear to us, um, and he makes it clear to the church in Rome as, as who he's talking to, right? And we can pull out of that uh, so much as well. Um, but Paul had weakness just in himself and in our flesh. And we know that our flesh is still of this first nature. We've talked through it so many times in Romans, and Paul's made it real clear that first nature is that nature in Adam. The nature that we are all born into. And that's a sinful nature. That's, that's beyond anything that we can control. It's there and it's going to be there until the day that we pass physically from this earth. Um, and that's why we can look forward to what's to come afterwards because we won't have that battle, right? We won't have that struggle between those two um, those two fighting against each other. So any questions so far? I'm going to keep moving on. I'm just going to say that um, yeah, Paul also said he was the chief of sinners. Too. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably like to <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Especially those who have them. Right. Yeah, I think Mark went maybe went over that as, you know, he started off saying he was the least of the apostles and then he was the least of the saints, which is just everyone who's a believer. And then he uh, further on in the later writing he says he's the chief of all sinners. <laughs> and it's the more that the more knowledge we gain through reading God's word and and looking at the Bible, looking at um, the Old Testament, which was given to us to identify sin, right? To identify um, what sin is and how it goes about. Um, the more he, he learned and studied and grew and his strength grew and his faith grew, um, the more he realized he is so much of a sinner that he calls himself the chief of all sinners. And sometimes, you know, we forget and we, we need to look at that and realize what else is going on in my life that I'm not even paying attention to? You know, is, is there something that I do, that I say, that I think, that I react to, that I, um, that I feel that is sin? And I don't even know to acknowledge it yet because we're not there in our spiritual growth. Um, you know, some stuff like that for me, can be at work, um, when I get, just upset when someone interrupts me, when I'm doing this some project, and I'm in the middle of it, and um, I have a, a timeline that I'm trying to get through, and I get a knock at the door, and it's like, yes, and then we talk, and we figure it out, and then two minutes later, I get another knock at the door, and it's a different person, it's like, uh-huh, and then five minutes later, another one, it's like, what do you want, you know, and, I'm glad to yeah, <laughs> And it's something I've definitely identified at work. I talk to the guys that report directly to me about it. Um, and, and we discuss that in our meetings. I say, guys, I, I know that I, I get, we call it prickly. I'm prickly, right? When, when I'm in the middle of something and you guys got questions and you need to ask me something, um, that I can be that way. And I, I apologize. and I tell them I'm sorry. And I, I'm working on that. And if I offend them, then I'd love them to tell me so I can, I can be more aware. And uh, it's, it's a battle that I face pretty much every day at work. And it's, it's pretty normal, but um, you know, I've, I think I'm, I'm getting better at it. Uh, the guy that's been with me the longest, about seven years, he, he said there's a big difference from seven years ago till now on who, he, who he's dealing with when he comes to knock on my door. So I, I feel like there's, there's progress happening, um, and I'm aware of it, I think, which is kind of the main thing. That before, um, probably before two years ago, I wasn't very aware of it. You know, I didn't see that as a problem, and I didn't understand it, you know, bothered others. And I came across as, you know, someone who... You, even seven years ago? Um, you know, that's questionable. But uh, four years ago is where I can be for sure that um, I believed in God's Word and and put my faith in it put it as authority in my life So yeah, I was just asking because you said that it sounded like they said it was a different person than seven years ago. yep yep exactly yep that's what I said and I, again I wasn't, I wasn't aware of it and I didn't know that was uh, that was an issue in my life but it definitely was and the guys I work with now are, are kind enough and gentle enough to um, be able to, to talk to me about it some of those things. But again, it's identifying that, that thing, right? That's, that's probably a bigger one, but there's probably smaller ones that we all do in our lives that we should be looking for. And it's hard to identify on ourselves because we're weak in our flesh. We can justify anything that we do in our own body, in our own thought, in our own mind. It's, yeah, I do this thing all the time and I can justify it because you know, whatever. But it's, it's this that can tell us whether or not that's in sin or if that's okay. And the great thing about the New Testament and what Jesus did for us, right, is that some things that may have been sin to um, God's people in the Old Testament and, and definitely the Jews um, that we don't see as sin any longer and we don't consider, especially when it comes to food, um, when it comes to certain things that we can, we can do. Obviously, there's the morals of God that we never want to cross the line with. Um, and the, the Ten Commandments definitely cover those in a way that um, point us in the right direction. But, um, you know, some, some people, as Paul states in other, uh, other chapters in, in the book, um, they, can, they can eat meat, they can eat different kinds of meat, meat sacrificed to idols, and some won't do it, and some will. And it depends on where their conscience sits on some of those issues. Um, and some of those issues today are, are easy enough to identify as um, you know having a drink um, having a smoke or um, getting a tattoo or uh, depending what you do with different things throughout your time you know some are, are very much sin for some of us here and then some of those things they're, they're not it, it can be done um, without sinning so uh, the New Testament clears that uh, line for us and we as, as believers just want to be um, observant of that with others and be careful and cautious with others. If you invite someone over to your house for lunch and you know that they're vegan, um, yeah. you probably shouldn't have ribs like we're having for lunch. <laughs> so that, that would uh, either offend them or put them in a place where they're going to eat it and have a guilty conscience of that, right? So again, the weakness is in ourselves. It's in our flesh. And a lot of it's in our, in our mind still, even though um, the Spirit lives in us. It's that battle that we're facing between those two entities within us. Um, Paul says in um, verse 26 still, we do not know how to pray as we should. And isn't that so true? Isn't it one of the hardest things to do um, is, is to know how to pray? I think people struggle with that as new believers, and we can continue to struggle with that um, as we grow, because uh, the more we learn, um, the more we, we realize there is to pray for. And Paul's speaking here typically just of ourselves and not even of other things going on. Um, and this is just, just for ourselves. We, we just don't know how to do it correctly all the time. We don't know exactly what it is that um, we need, spiritually or physically, because we don't know all things that are, are going on within ourselves. Um, we are redeemed and we're absolutely secure in our adoption as, as children of God. And he's, he's made that set and secure and it's in his word and we know that for sure and we can rest on that fully and we should and we do if you're walking with God and you're following his word. Um, but that doesn't mean we know exactly how to pray for ourselves. Uh, again, our, we have weakness in that. Um, our imperfect perspectives and our finite minds and our human frailties and our spiritual limitations just keep us from knowing what and how and win to pray for those things for ourselves. Um, we're unable to pray in absolute consistency with God's will as well, and that's that's probably the main key thing that we struggle with because we can pray and pray and pray for ourselves and our hearts and our, what's going on in our lives, but we don't always know uh, what God's will is, especially when we're praying for others, right? Um, and we can ask in our hearts. That God help us discern uh, what we should be doing and what we should be thinking and what we should be, how we should be acting in our lives. Um, And we can continue reading through God's word with that and get very clear direction and good direction and wholesome direction. But praying for for others, we don't always know um, what His will is for them, uh, especially for unbelievers. Those that don't know God, and haven't put their faith into Christ. And um, you know we obviously want to pray for them and uh, God wants us to pray for them. He tells us to all the time. Um, but we don't know what his will is for them and when and how and if he's going to, to use them. Um, typically, for ourselves, we're unaware of uh, a spiritual need that exists in our own hearts. Um, especially when things are, are going pretty well and life's doing, uh, doing its thing, and we're just moseying along with it and going with the flow. Um, when there's not a lot of hiccups or if there's not suffering happening, our awareness of our spiritual needs can be quite weak in that as well. And when we are suffering, and when we're going through times and trials, um, whether it's been a week or a day or, or a decade we still don't know what our spiritual needs are consistently, um, and sometimes it's it's given to us in our thoughts, in our prayers, and we'll go over that here in a little, but um, it's it's hard to identify. You know, God knows that so much better than, than we do, but we don't know that, and it's hard for us to identify that at all, all times. Uh, we, we can't know God's purposes in all things. Um, you know, and a great example Paul gives us also later is, is when he prayed for the thorn in his flesh, right? You know, those, uh, the verse is talking about he had a thorn in his flesh and he prayed three times that God would remove that from him so that in Paul's mind, he could do more, he could be more, he could be uh, better at what he was currently doing. Um, but what did God tell him? He told him that his. Yeah, he, he told Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Um, that he, he wanted that there for a reason, and Paul didn't know that, right? He didn't understand that, um, and, and we can definitely be in that same boat. If Paul can experience that, then, then we can experience that as well. absolutely yeah great example and that's that's one example of how that uh, easily played out it's played out in scripture to give us that and yeah that definitely absolutely can be happening in our lives and our friends lives and our family's lives as well okay he goes on to say but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words and that's that's pretty cool um the first half of the verse, you know, we got into how much we lack, and the second half of the verse, um, Paul's telling us that the Spirit himself is, is interceding for us. Um, the Spirit, that's the third person of the Trinity. Uh, he, he's the one who indwells in every believer. He's the one that we receive when we receive uh, the Word and truth and we repent. Um, he's the one that comes and lives in our hearts. Our, our bodies are the temple of God. And he is living within us. Um, He is of God. And uh, he is the one that's interceding for us. Spirit of God who can only live in righteousness. Right? God is holy and pure and perfect in every way. And he cannot live in darkness or be in darkness. And we're told he is living inside of us. right? Um, And that's because... Christ's righteousness was imputed to us um, on the cross when he shared, spread his blood. When he, when he died, that was imputed, and it comes onto us and in our bodies when we believe. And therefore, the Spirit himself can live inside of us uh, because Christ's righteousness is in our hearts at that point. Um, lives in the hearts of the redeemed because the blood of Jesus Christ cleansed his own. Right? As believers, we are Christ's elect. We are his people. We are the ones that he died for. And he died for all the believers in the world. And he took on the, whole, the sin of the whole world onto him. And uh, we, he has given us his righteousness So intercedes, even without knowing what God wants or how to pray for it, Um, he intercedes for us. So if we don't know, the Spirit himself, he is still praying for us, and he is interceding for us, and he is talking to God constantly, God the Father, and interceding for us. He brings our our needs before God the Father, even if we are praying unwisely about them. Um, And that's, that's easy enough to do. It's we can pray for the wrong thing so many times uh, day to day or um, throughout our weeks as we have a, a feeling of something going on inside of our hearts or our heads and we're trying to work through that and we're trying to deal with that and we're praying for, for a certain outcome that we think would be the best outcome. Um, that might not be what God's plan is uh, and we could be praying unwisely about that. But uh, the Spirit, He's praying for us obviously wisely for that because he is um, one with God and he knows what those needs are. So he brings our needs before God. Um, The Spirit doesn't just provide us security. Um, The Holy Spirit is our security, right? He is keeping us uh, in God's presence at all times as believers. So in some ways we don't need to worry too much about if we're praying unwisely. We can make a big deal about it, and yes, there's definitely unwise things to pray about, but as you're walking this walk, and and you're walking with God, and you are truly wanting His will in your life, we still may pray unwisely about some things, just because, again, we don't know what His will is, and we don't have that revealed to us, and sometimes we might get it, but most of the time we're not, and, we, we can start to worry too much. Well, am I, am I praying against God's will? And, you know, am I, am I in sin doing that? And again, if your heart is, is really there to glorify God, if you're there praying um, about yourself because you see a need, and maybe it's, it's the wrong ask, but you're putting in that effort, um, that would not be in sin. Uh, God and and the Spirit are still going to pray for you for your your exact need because they know it, and it might direct your prayers to change over time. You know, this week I'm praying for uh, this um, item in my heart that uh, I'm I'm struggling with, and I want this outcome over here. But over the weeks of praying for it, maybe it changes and my direction is it, going this way. Um, and uh, it's, it's a different ask or a different prayer than we had initially started with. Um, but worrying about it and, and <clears throat> putting the burden on yourself about saying or praying for the wrong thing wouldn't necessarily be what uh, Paul would be wanting us to do or, or God would be wanting us to do uh, because the Spirit is going to um, send that that prayer in the exact right direction that it's supposed to go. Question? I looked up interceding yep. like the, and it, what I liked about it is it says um, intervening between two parties with a view to reconcile differences. Yes. Yep. And, and our tra- trajectory can definitely be a, a, a different than um, what God's plan for us is. But yeah, like you said, reconciling, bringing those two together and um, giving us God's will and not necessarily giving God our will is, is what that Spirit is doing for us constantly. He goes on to say, groaning's too deep for words. Uh, the Holy Spirit unites us in our desires to be freed from our corrupted bodies, um, So as as the Spirit's praying for us, uh, Paul's, he's trying to use words as as we do as people as we communicate um, to communicate something that is going on uh, spiritually, and so groaning's too deep for words is is something that's been debated through the studies that I went through. Um, You know, many can um, interpret that differently. What'd you say? Yeah, um, and, and the way Paul's expressing it, yeah. And one explanation would be as as we worship together in here, um, and it's easy to explain in this setting because we're, we're we're here and we experience it. But if someone's praying, or you know, if a psalm is or, or songs hymns being sang, something, and and one of the members in here. Um, you can hear them hear either groan or say, hmm, or amen, or something like that, right? Like you can hear a noise, and, and it is communicating something from inside of them. And it's generally to be praising to God, right? And, and that's how we as, as humans would do that and express that. You know, I think we, we can, I hear Rex do that quite often, um, front when he's sitting up front and he agrees with something and it means something deep to his heart and he can feel it you can hear him uh give out that groan that you know and it's that sounds mean but he does it is that's not you know it's not in a mean way it's it's in agreement and um the the spirit himself uh these are these are groanings that we're not hearing these are groanings that we um wouldn't understand and it's it's something that's going to be beyond what our comprehension is uh, right here at this moment. And, and maybe we will know later on when we're with Christ in heaven. Um, but the Holy Spirit, yeah, he, he's, he's really interceding for us for the eternal um, plan that God has, right? There's plenty of things going on in our lives right here and right now that matter. But in eternity... Um, they, they probably look a little bit smaller than what they look to us today. And he, his longing for us to be reunited with God and um, freed from the corruption of the bodies that we're in, that are in the, the sin of Adam, um, he, he's praying for us along those lines. Longing to be with God forever in our glorified bodies. That's the ultimate plan. Yes, Joe. Yeah, yeah, abso- absolutely. Our, our lives could be grieving to the Holy Spirit, and yes, that would still uh, be resulting in, in groans that the Holy Spirit would have to God the Father uh, for us um, and through His own uh, communication to to Him. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's many ways, and I have no idea how that happens, and, and if we could hear it, what it would sound like. You know, just the commentators that I've read through and them explaining it, it's, it's definitely a topic for debate. You know, Some uh, would, would like to debate that that is speaking in tongues um, and along the lines where, where we would sit and where we uh, interpret the Bible, that, that would not be accurate. Um, that would be something totally different and it would it would be something that we could hear and as we understand speaking in tongues it, it's for um, the the purpose of god's glory but others need to be able to interpret it so there's some that would would go along those lines but none of the people um, that we would follow and not the way that we would interpret it either so it, it wouldn't be along those lines as far as we understand that um, but it is, it is going to be something that's extremely specific for each of us, each of our needs, you know, um, for what Stan's going through today and then what he's going to go through in a year from now. Those, those prayers from the Holy Spirit are so specific and exact for him in those moments and for those moments to come. And, and they will be for, for each of you, for Stacy and for Katrina, for myself, for, for each one in here. It's going to be a prayer that is one, beyond our audible sense, and two, we probably couldn't understand it, and three, it's going to be exactly what we need and and how we need it. Um, And and some might question, well, why pray for ourselves at all? Um, Well, we're supposed to, uh, we're commanded to, and it's part of the relationship, right? If God wants us to be in Communion with him, to be in relationship with him, to know him, to love him, um, and to follow him, but we don't ever talk to him. I think everyone in here is a parent, right? How would that work out if your child never spoke to you? We would all be devastated. Oh, you're not. Sorry. There we go. You got kids, though. And they go, where, where, where? Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if that communication's not there our hearts grieve right I mean they grieve just when they are disobedient or they grieve when they just ignore us when we ask a question and they walk the other way and I'm told as they get older it gets worse <laughs> mine are still very young um, but I lived that life too and I did that to my parents and I, I remember it wasn't too long ago where I forgot and Uh, It's definitely embarrassing to look back about. But it didn't hurt me the way it hurt them. And God wants us in that relationship with with him um, constantly. Not just once a day. Not just at mealtime. But we're we're told we can pray continuously all day long. And the more we pray, the more we're in relationship with him kids ask us for the wrong things all the time, don't they? But uh, it's, you know, if that relationship's there, and it's built, and it's strong, it could be any stage of the life, two or or, you know, thirty, that you're still guiding them, and helping them, and and loving them, because that communication's there. It's so important. Um, So don't ever ever, uh, fall victim to that thought that, well, I don't need to pray, because uh, the Holy Spirit's saying exactly what I need, and uh, I'll I'll be fine, right? Because that's just, that's cutting off a part of that relationship that's so crucial. And and we need it more than we know, just like our children need it more than they know. um, We do too. So, (laughs) like, that's something that I've been really learning to over the years is just how important communication is. Not just like with God, but even like, you know, in your own family. Yeah. Yeah. It's true for all aspects of life. We can't have relationships with people without um, proper communication, right? That, and that's another thing I deal with That work is especially over the last year, and I'm sure multiple folks in here that ended up working at home uh, because of COVID last year, that communication changed from the face-to-face to, um, yeah, on screens, text, emails, and the less... You see someone, and the less you are with them physically, um, the further that relationship goes apart, right? Uh, if all you get is is a text from people or an email, um, I notice that at work that, you know, that relationship just fades. Where when you see them face to face and you work with them hand in hand, it strengthens and it grows stronger. Okay, great, great, great. We're working through. Okay, we're into verse 27. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This he who searches the hearts is God the Father. Um, and we can see that. If I can get three volunteers, well, two, I'll read the last one. Um, someone flip to Jeremiah chapter 17 and read verse 10 for me. Okay. And then someone can flip to Psalm 139, and we're just going to read verses 1 through 6 there. It's really the whole psalm, but we'll just do the first six. So Jeremiah 1710, and Psalm 139. Yeah, go for it. I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give to each man according to Okay. Say it again. One more time. Yeah. It's short, but. I, test, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his needs. Okay, good. So here's a verse in uh, Old Testament and Jeremiah that we are given through, through the writings um, of God. Just making a statement himself that he's the one that searches the hearts. And he knows what's going on in each of our hearts. And um, through each one's deeds, he he renders to them what's to come. Okay, and then Psalm 139. Did I have someone grab that for us? Verses 1 through 6. It ignites my calf and my lying man and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there was a word on my tongue and the Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind in the and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot do Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And there's David writing a psalm to God, um, expressing that He knows His heart so well and so many parts of it, uh, so much more than we know ourselves. And then in Revelation chapter 2, verse 23, the second part of this verse reads, And all the church will know that I am He who searches the minds and hearts and I give to each one of you according to your deeds. So again, that's very similar to what we read in Jeremiah. Okay, so this one that Paul is talking to, and he, that he is God the Father who searches the hearts, knows the minds of the Spirit. Um, God knows every one of our hearts and, and what's going on in our mind, and he is the one searching them. Um, Spirit's will and God's will are identical because they are one because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So God is the one that knows our minds and is searching our hearts and the Spirit is the one interceding for us and praying for us and um, he is doing it according to God's will and it is in perfect harmony with God's will because they are one. They are uh, joined together. Communication between the Father, Son, and Spirit, uh, it may seem weird to us. Um, They already know what the other is is thinking, but Scripture is there to explain to us um, that that type of communication is happening between the three persons of the Godhead. Right? I've been questioned before in... Um, conversations I've had with folks from the LDS Church, um, and and they they say, so what Jesus prays to Himself if Him and God the Father are one, and you know, yeah, it's you know it's it's hard to explain it and, and uh, for their minds to be wrapped around it and believe it the way that we do, it, it's it's really hard to explain um, what that communication is and. The Bible gives us uh, many examples of that, uh, but it's for our benefit, right? That's happening all the time, and it has happened for eternity. Um, we just weren't made aware of it, and through Scripture and through the writings that God's given us, uh, He allows us to be made aware of it, um, but they have to be written down somehow for it to be communicated to us, and, and so um, sometimes thinking through that, it's It's easy to just um, accept it, and I think you know that's that's okay, and we we should accept it, but being able to understand that and explain it to others it, it can be a challenge, and it's something that um, especially to someone who doesn't believe uh in God or in jesus's work or definitely in the bible um, that it's just uh, another work of of men put together um, that it's it's really hard to explain it in a way that, that makes sense. And, you know, we do our best in those conversations and, and we try, we don't try and force anything. Um, it's not up to us to really reveal that to, um, men, right? It's, it's up to God and, um, the things of, of God and the Bible just won't make sense to the world, uh, as it sees it and as it reads it. And he had stated in there clearly as well that um, the, these things are spiritually appraised. And if the, the spirit that God can communicate with us in, uh, our hearts that have Christ's righteousness, if if that's not there and it's a cold, dead heart, then there's just things that they won't be able to understand. Um, and we still try and, and preach the gospel and share the gospel. And that's that's what's so important about our Relationships and communications with everyone, um, as we live, is is really that, that good news um, of the gospel and of Christ's work on the cross. Uh, he intercedes for the saints. Without continuous continuous applic- uh, applications, uh, we would be inst- we would instantly fall back into our our sinful selves. Um, Hebrews 7, 25, and 26. i me flip to that and read that for you real quick. Um, the Spirit and Jesus Himself are, are constantly interceding for us. Um, it's a, a never-ending thing. It's not a one and done. Um, it's, it's continuous. Let me get to Hebrews here. Oops. 7, 25, and 26. right. Yep. Hebrews 7, 26. It reads, therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. For it was fitting for us to have such a high priest, holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners and exalted above the heavens. So he's continually doing it. He, he'll save forever those who draw near to God through him, um, since he always lives to make intercession for him. And we serve a living God. He is risen, and he is alive, and he is working constantly for you and I every day. And he's working for those who haven't believed yet but will. He knows who they are. Um, their names are written in the book of life. And the plan that God has for them uh, will uh, come to fruition, right? It'll, it will happen. And it will just happen in his time. And we are here now doing his work and following his will as best that we can and allowing that spirit to guide our hearts and guide our actions through our prayers and our communication um, again. And we can see that change over time the according to God. In um, John Calvin's commentary, he says, if, there, if then we would have our prayers to be acceptable to God, we must pray that, we may regu- that He may regulate them according to His will. And I, and I like that and wrote that down, wanted to share, um, just because, again, in and, and, and prayer, we can, we can definitely wander and... Uh, be praying for the wrong things, which isn't necessarily sinful, and we don't need to worry so much that um, we're, we're doing something wrong or bad, but if you're following God and your heart's in Him and with Him, we want to do His will, and that's what He's changed in our hearts is that desire to do His will, right, and not our own, and not follow our own flesh, and we realize that our lives are, are meant for more than just pleasing ourselves, um, so we can definitely ask in prayer that we align our prayers with God's will. you have a question? <laughs> hmm. Let me think. I could, I could be that way. I don't think it'll be that simple. <laughs> um, like we just flip a switch on that says, yes, please help me make sure I have all my spelling right. Um, but we can ask. And we can definitely... Um, make requests that our our desires and our prayers can align in accordance with God's will. Um, if you are God's elect, His Spirit speaks to God on your behalf in accordance with God's will. And then the last verse I have for us is First John chapter five. First John, John 5. First John 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence which we have before Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, and whatever we ask, We know that we have the request which we have asked from him. And so, these two verses are important to tie in with everything that we're going through right now in chapter 8 through Romans. As we get into the next couple verses, um, they're they're big verses. They're, They're exciting ones that everyone loves to flip straight to and read in chapter 8. And we're going to spend a little bit of time making sure we continue to go through this slowly and explain it as best as we can with the time that we have. Um, But make sure that you are rereading through Romans, the whole thing if you can. If you can't do that much time, um, read through chapter 8. Get reacquainted with that. Keep up to speed with what Paul's talking about in chapter 8 because as we're going through it, we're going fairly slow And it's easy to forget the context of the whole chapter and just focus on the one verse at a time. And they're really good verses coming up too. They're exciting. Not that these aren't. These are exciting too, knowing that that's going on. Uh, But please reacquaint yourself with the rest of that. And that wraps us up. If you have any questions, let me know. Remember, we're going to do a review once we get through chapter 8. We're going to spend two weeks. Um, we'd love to field questions from you. So if you can um, flip through any of it and find questions that you have on any of the first eight chapters, uh, write it down. You can uh, let us know ahead of time if you think it's something we need to prepare for, which we would love to prepare for, prepare for any questions you have. Um, but if you want to hit us on the spot, we'll, we'll do our best and uh, try and find answers for those two. Uh, after chapter eight. So I don't have my calendar on me, but we still got we got a couple, several weeks still. Okay. Let me end us in prayer and we can uh, finish up. Lord, thank you for this time this morning and thank you for uh, this class and um, the, the word that you shared with us and we pray that we can continue to learn from it and take from it all that you have for us in its correct content and context and uh, that we can apply it to our lives, Lord, that we know that you are constantly interceding for each of us in here throughout all of our days and while we sleep, and we can have confidence in you that uh, your will will be done and that we will uh, follow you anywhere you take us, Lord. Thank you and praise you. In Lord Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, thanks everyone.